Welcome to The Next, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always do our best to let you know that they're coming. This week, we're reviewing The Photograph, the new romantic drama starring Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. Plus, we've got thoughts on Birds of Prey and David Lynch interrogating a monkey. Yes, really. Okay, as always, a plea to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you are able to do such things. It helps people find us. We appreciate it. Moving on, uh, what did you do in pop culture this week? Well, last week, and I didn't talk about it, and there was some fancy editing that went on because I forgot that I saw Birds of Prey with my friends. Um, This is a fine movie with some fine performances that is making a fine amount of money and they will probably make another one and then I'll go see it with my friends again. It helps if you have two or three drinks first and a lot of popcorn. Um, Look, the internet getting involved in changing characters is a good and a bad thing. We got, you know, cats trying to fix all of its CGI problems, the revamping of Sonic before he even hit the you know, the theaters this first time, and then we've got the redemption of Harley Quinn because she was treated so poorly in Suicide Squad, and, you know, and luckily Margot Robbie is a good enough actor and has enough clout that she could say, hey, let's do this in the right way. Let's treat this character with some oomph. And I respect that. I really like Robbie. I respect what she is trying to do here. This is a fine movie. It's not a great movie. I don't know that I could tell you the plot except that a teenager swallows a diamond and somebody else wants it back. And Ewan Ewan McGregor, they just should have gone ahead and made him Scottish. (laughs) And I couldn't help but think that the only reason Winstead got cast was because she's fucking Ewan McGregor. I'm sorry. She was also fine. But it just, the minute I realized, oh, right, they're together, I was was suspect because... It's a big role, and it's a big role that could be a spinoff later, and it just felt like, oh, he made his new girlfriend get a role. And so I had issues with some of it, but I did enjoy it, and I had a fun time. That I, I saw, like, Nick LaSalle in the uh, San Francisco Chronicle today just tweeted something about the 10 movies that he's, you know, walked out of or very strongly considered walking out of and used Birds of Prey as, like, the anchor of it and i was like i have not heard anything about it being that oh bad. no it is definitely not that bad yeah it made me just sort of think about what a cranky pants he is he and is what a, weird and double standards there are about hundred uh, years comic book movies yeah and he, i mean look it has some pacing issues but when it's fun it's fun it's a little slow in between it's fine have a good time go with your friends you know i saw i've seen some really interesting uh think pieces about the difference in how uh the character is costumed and or shot uh there's a a side by side of her picture in her daddy's little monster and her longer braids and uh versus the the pink bralette with the the braces and the the shorter braids and uh 
they're comparing, okay, this one outfit really looks like a girl dressed herself. They're pigtails that are short enough that you can't pull on them. <laughs> um, and But mostly the pictures are shot, the, the one from Birds of Prey is shot focused on Margot Robbie's face. And the one from Suicide Squad is focused on her chest. Right. And uh, and her chest is, she's a small-chested woman. She's a small woman. She weighs like 110 pounds, okay? She's little. She doesn't have big boobs. And she did in Suicide Squad. They were out from her. And so that's interesting. I support that. I, I like this idea of I want to take back control of this character. Do I? Much like I wanted to love Captain Marvel. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I wanted to love this, and I didn't, but I still support it. I'd still see the next one. Sounds like a rental. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'll definitely rent it. I watched the first five episodes of the new uh, season of Shrill, which I liked better than last year because it didn't make me cringe as bad. Um, This is a fine show. Um, I will probably finish out this season, which I didn't do for the first season. I didn't watch all of the first season because it just didn't grab me um i was having dinner with our friend amy and she was like here let's turn this on and and we ended up watching five of them i utterly enjoyed it i will probably finish the season but now what made you cringe about the first one i know we talked about it briefly but i just it just made me uncomfortable i really didn't like the boyfriend um it was much more i don't I can't even really remember. I'd need to go back and listen, but I know that I was very turned off by by a lot of it. It just mm. really made me uncomfortable. And I think it was just sort of cringy comedy. I I real and I know that this was part of the plot. I didn't like the way he treated her and had her the the boyfriend had her going out of back windows and and I know that that was all part of the plot and stuff but it made me really uncomfortable okay. and I didn't want to watch it it wasn't that it wasn't a viable plot and that they didn't resolve that he was an asshole thing but I didn't want to watch it I didn't want to watch somebody get mistreated that way and yeah, that made enough. me uncomfortable yeah so uh, Good Girls is back for season three me and friend of the pod Ilka are the only people still watching this show but <laughs> I really like this show it's really good it's really funny they always get good people they've got a few new people this season and I, I mean if you got to do the anti-hero thing Christina Hendricks Mae Whitman can be my anti-heroes and I like that it's you know it's funny it it for an NBC sitcom, I guess it's an hour long, so maybe it's a dramedy. I don't know. But I I like what they're doing. I like where they're going. I love Mae Whitman's uh, continuing relationship with her now trans, not, nine, not nine, non-binary kid, came out as trans at the end of the last season. I just think this is a good show. It's fun. I, it's like the redemption of Matthew Lillard, which I never thought would happen. Yeah. But... He's he's good, and his character has kind of gone through some serious arcs, and he's done a good job, and I've been happy with him. So, interesting. I'm not sure I could pick him out of a lineup anymore, but <laughs> yeah, he looks exactly the yeah. same—a little older, a little a little more jowly, but he uh, still looks like the guy in Shrill. I mean, not Shrill in Scream. It's it's a fine show. It's a good show. I really enjoy it. I'm I was super happy when I saw it back on Hulu for the next season. I think all of it is on Hulu if you just want to spend. A, you know, a couple of days watching something fun, you won't be sorry. Um, and I'm still reading The Invited, which is getting scary and continues to be actually supernatural instead of, ooh, 
ooh, is it maybe just all in their mind? Which I do like the Shirley Jackson, maybe, is it all in their mind. But it's always fun to have an actual ghost done well. Sometimes you just want a ghost. And I really like this idea that this woman keeps, the woman who's building the house, she's a history teacher. And so she keeps going out of her way to, like, find a beam for her new house that she knows that the character who is haunting her land was hung from. And she's, like, like she's sort of compelled to go and get pieces from the history that to build this haunted house to basically invite the ghosts back. Nice. And it's a really interesting little spin on the... Not just I inherited a haunted house, but I'm going to build it and you come on back and, you know, whatever happens, happens. It's like playing that old mousetrap game. Exactly. Where you were almost more interested in building the thing than actually playing the game. (laughs) Exactly. But it's a nice little twist on a haunted house spin of, oh, I'm going to build it. And you kind of can't tell if the character is actually just like, oh, I'm interested in the history and this will be something good. Or if she really is being driven by the spirits of the ghost to pull these things back to create a hospitable environment for the ghosts who are not very hospitable nice um and today released a book i've been waiting for called sundown motel by simone st james simone st james does a lot of kind of sort of supernatural usually skates the is it actually happening in their mind or is it a real uh thing haunting type of books uh this one tells the story of a girl who ends up i don't know if she inherits the motel uh because i haven't started it just dropped today or uh if she goes to stay there because she like a, a 30 years ago her aunt disappeared from there so it's sort of a dual timeline possibly ghost in an old motel part 80s part now I am excited and I've been looking forward to this and I tried to get an arc and I couldn't. So now I'm going to read it when I'm done with the invited. And that's what I have done. You are, you are ghost loaded. I am. Yeah. I am into the ghosts. Nice. What'd you do? I saw uh, the Pauline Kale documentary, What She Said, The Art of Pauline Kale. Um, I didn't actually even know this movie was coming out. I sort of stumbled on it the day before it opened in, on Shattuck Cinema. Apparently, it's been kicking around for at least two years. Um, I love Pauline Kale. I don't even remember if I've talked about her. She's been on some level my kind of, uh, you know, my uh, whatever, Northern Light. What do they call those? North Star yes. for... Um, you know, film criticism and just kind of how to think about films. Uh, she was writing, you know, at a time when I think women especially had a really hard time cracking into these major male-dominated critical spaces. She mixed uh, both um, really intelligent sort of film discussion and a crazy vast knowledge with just sort of an emotional response. And I think she really did change pop culture criticism that way. She was one of the first people to really tie those things together in a very smart way that kind of convince people that you can't just do one or the other. Like your response to something is both things and was very unapologetic when she had a, you know, a very dissenting opinion about some movie um, that everybody else loved and she hated or vice versa. Um, She's really funny to read. It was really fun to see this movie in Berkeley. Um, I've had some very not fun Berkeley uh, Shattuck cinema experiences where there's a bunch of old jaded hippies. Oh, also it should be said, Pauline Gale's from Berkeley. So this movie had a little special uh, rent uh, resonance, but for once that crowd of old grizzled Berkeley hippies was 
just laughing their ass off at how acerbic she was. I mean, there's like definitely a little Dorothy Parker in there. Um, and it was so much fun. And they just have a lot of film clips. And then you get her, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker does the, the, the reading of her writing a lot of the times. But you get these hilarious uh, scathing barbs about these movies that just cut through not to exactly always the truth of the movie because what's you know everybody's got their own truth about it but certainly her experience of the movie in a really smart way um yeah she definitely they do a lot of interviews with her family uh her daughter especially who, who's kind of working with her through a lot of her career i you know it sounds like she could be a pretty mean person in some ways um so that was sort of Interesting that movie didn't really sort of pull back from that kind of stuff. It was definitely warts and all. But, uh, man, Pauline Kael, she's a treasure. The best, uh, in my opinion, the best introduction to her work is a book called, well, I think, 1001 Nights at the Movies. Uh, it is currently sitting in my bathroom. It is. Yes, yes, it is. Very, very uh, threadbare because we've <laughs> pages falling out. Um, I apparently inscribed it to my husband when I gave it to him as a gift. I don't remember what I wrote in it. But he and I really geeked out long ago on how much we related to her writing we used to early on in dating read her reviews to each other and then we'd say like oh we gotta go see this movie and we'd make lists and she's just very much a part of my love of movies and so i highly recommend this documentary go see it art of pauline kale it's probably limited release i'm sure it'll end up on streaming at some point soon speaking of streaming (laughs) uh netflix has a New 17-minute movie from David Lynch called What Did Jack Do? So this movie... What did Jack do? um, Maybe Jack fucked a chicken? Jack's a capuchin monkey. And in the beginning of it, it's basically David Lynch cracking this, like, sort of interspecies um, mystery of this romance between this capuchin monkey and this chicken. And then there's somebody that's like, there's another animal that's murdered and Jack is accused of the murder and David Lynch in grainy black and white on a very basic eraser head style set with crackly grain in the film or whatever uh, is hurling uh, film detective cliches back and forth with a capuchin monkey that has an animated mouth of some sort that looks very fake and ridiculous. Um, it's kind of hilarious. Nope. It, it's it's very, very much kind of what you expect out of uh, David Lynch, but almost to the point of parody. Nope. I don't know that he was in on the joke. Maybe he was. It definitely felt like a parody of everything uh, you'd expect from like David Lynch nope. that is most unhinged. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't think I like it. And yet I watched all 17 minutes of it. I haven't even watched 15 <laughs> seconds or 17 seconds of it and I don't like it. The dialogue is hilarious. Like I think in conception it's very funny, but the monkey with the human mouth is nope. definitely hard to look at. Nope. I think it would have been funnier if he was just saying stuff to the monkey and the monkey just like telepathically communicated with him <laughs> or something. I could have I could have been a little more down with that. Lynch, take some notes here from from one fan. Uh telepathic monkeys better than fake voiced uh mouthed monkeys um very strange 17 minutes it's on netflix if you have a david lynch uh itch this maybe scratches it i don't know um nope i also watched on streaming i believe it's on hulu right now uh fast color it's a movie that um 
I discovered via a new podcast that I really like called Who Shot Ya? And we like to shout out podcasts we like. Um, this is a bunch of just cool people that I don't know that much about that are doing a fun podcast similar to ours. So if you like ours, probably go check those guys out and, um, you know, tell them how good we are and that they there should listen to us. Um, but they talked about this movie, Fast Color. Uh, it's a... I don't know if it's a first-time director, but it's a woman who's not directed a ton of things yet. It stars uh, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, who was in um, that famous um, Black Mirror episode, San Jacinto, about the lesbians in the sort of after-death. Did you see that episode? That's yeah, my that? favorite one. It's, yeah. It's not. It's San something. San, San Unipero. Yeah, San, yeah I was name. like, yeah. Yeah. It's um, a great episode. Yeah, so it's that same actor. Oh, okay. Um, really good in this. Um, also, Lorraine Toussaint from uh, V from Orange is the New Black, nice. who's amazing in this. Oh, oh, there's a girl from Orange is the... Really, the two best friends in Orange and the New ba- is the New Black. Yep. The one that didn't get deported by ICE. Yeah, I can't think of her name. She's on Good Girls this year. Oh, nice! So I was so excited. Oh, cool. In a we bad a, wig, but we got a theme. Yeah. Um, and also, still adorable as ever, David Strathairn, who I oh. just eternally have a weird crush on. You um, and my mom. It's the nose <laughs> for you. I don't know what it is with my mom for you. It's the nose, but and I, he's just so good. Yeah. Again, and, he has a nice arc on The Sopranos. Oh, if you can get go. there, I didn't even he has a that. thing with. Edie Falco. Okay, okay. Saying. She's got a nose too. Uh, <laughs> and she's I. She's making a CBS procedural, and I'm really upset. I know. I keep seeing the preview. Tom, I, it Tommy. looks so bad, yeah. and I'm so upset about it. Um, this movie, though, is essentially a funny, quiet indie character piece about a superhero. Essentially, it's this uh, young woman who's got a daughter. Um, and she has her own issues with her mom and it's really just about kind of her, um, is set in kind of a dystopian future where there's no rain and everything's parched and looks like a miserable desert. And she's got a little X-Men storm quality where if she could basically control the molecules of, of weather, she could sort of end this drought. And it's sort of about, you know, being scared enough that you hide your, um, Basically, your powers for fear of getting caught, not wanting to do anything. Just a bit of restraint and really digging into the characters and the character interactions. So, Fast Color, I think it's on Hulu. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, Finally, a little music update. I went to go see Luna, the band uh, that grew out of the ashes of Galaxy 500 uh, back in the 80s. And they were big. Luna was big in the 90s. A band that I really liked. They were kind of an indie darling band. This was also two weeks ago. So, it's like your birds of prey. I forgot to talk about it. Um, They broke up amid all sorts of you know, drama in the band or whatever. They've reunited and started playing shows again. Um, if you like 90s indie rock, uh, there's not much kind of better with Luna. Just check them out. They're on tour. They're still as good as ever. Um, it was just a fun time. I'm just happy to see them back. All right, should we move on to our main topic? Sure. Uh, we saw the... Fo- <laughs> Don't sound so excited. Uh, we saw the photograph. Do you want to tell us about it? Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield and Issa Rae star in this romantic drama about two people hesitantly exploring their romantic feelings toward each other. Meanwhile, in flashbacks, we follow the story of Rae's character's mother, a photographer who has her own romantic struggles, and we watch that unfold. (laughs) It's written and directed by Stella 
Maggie? I don't know. Is it Maggie? Maggie? I'm not sure. I apologize if I mangled it. Uh, see what I did there? Um, she's done a few movies. She did an episode of Issa Rae's Insecure. She does fine here. This also stars uh, Rob Morgan, Little Ray Howers, Y'all know, y'all, Elon? Elon, maybe? Elon, sure. Yeah. And uh, Chelsea Peretti. You know, I gotta love Chelsea Peretti. Yes. Music is by Robert Glasper. What'd you think, Justin? Well, so you and I, I think we talked about this in our preview, I'm pretty sure. Did we? Mm, we I don't did. Or maybe we talked yeah. about it just uh, in when we saw it as a preview for right. another movie. We were both... Um, just we're just gonna call it like it is. We were pretty hot for this movie, um, <laughs> this preview at least. Uh, we were very excited to see it. We like both of these actors a lot. Um, it looked, thank God, like not a kind of trashy, ridiculous, silly, right. b- crude romantic comedy or a corny one. It looked sort yeah, of low or a, key oh, and these subtle. are urban right. characters in scare quotes. Yeah, and, yeah, and it looked beautifully filmed and. The acting looked good, and most of that is true. Yes. Um, it is beautifully filmed. By the way, just a heads up, we're going to go full spoilers. It's yeah. not really this kind of movie where you need to worry too you much You can about tell spoilers. from the preview what happens. Yeah. So if you want to check out now, one hottie, two hottie, three hottie. They're very um, hot. It, it just, it's beautifully, I'm going to start with the good stuff. It's okay. beautifully filmed. Like, yes. really, truly beautifully filmed. I really loved the lighting and uh, just the way that the sort of screen was edited and yep. the shots were done and down to the way they're what they were wearing and their skin tones yeah. and it was beautiful to look at it's it beautiful was. to look at and it really insecure has a touch of that at its best when it sort of has this slow kind of glow it reminds me a little bit and not to sort of make that comparison but it did remind me of some of it beale street could talk sure. sort of yep um slow just sort of basking in like black Beauty, understanding the black what you're skin looking at and beautiful like just luxuriating absolutely in in those moments which we don't get to see on screen very well absolutely usually um or very often um and it also just the two of them are so good i like both of them i think they're both destined for long careers yep. and both they, supernatural actors supernatural um i love the idea that this movie sort of you know doesn't really put anything extra on the story other than just sort of it almost feels like a short story that's sort of blown into sort of feature film um and i'll get to more on that in a second finally i just want to give a shout out i really really love the music uh robert glasper who i don't know anything about but uh just a really nice mix of sort of like cool interesting r&b and hip-hop and then this original score which is kind of jazzy and beautiful and i'm gonna listen to it on spotify i really liked the music a lot um and also Shout out to Rob Morgan, who was in Just Mercy. It's one more chance for us to pitch uh, Just Mercy. This guy, who is this guy? Why is he suddenly just like the best actor? Like, And he doesn't do anything to make himself look that different than he did in Just Mercy. Yeah. So that is what an amazing actor he is. Just by inhabiting a different person, he, I didn't it's even think, oh, where do I recognize him from? It didn't even occur to me to think, where do I recognize him from? That's how much he inhabited his character. He is so he good. He's so good. I want to see this guy a lot yeah. more. Yep. Um, and so all the good stuff said, our good friend Amy, who came with us to the movies, yay, Amy, yay, come Amy. see movies more, turned to us halfway through and said, this is really boring. She wasn't totally wrong. No, she was not. It's, uh, I... It, if it feels like a short story, the downside is that it 
doesn't is. feel like it's enough to sustain a full. That it's an feature. hour and forty six minutes long. Yeah, the the sort of um, characters are interesting because of the people that play them, and not yes. necessarily because the script gives them much of an interesting story. Yeah, um, it's very much torn between this sort of split thing about. You know, Issa Rae's mother's character and her own story, and it kind of jumps back and forth, but you kind of don't end up caring enough about either story. Um, there's not really a conflict. Um, and as much as I'm, like, happy that it wasn't a rom-com, it, so we were talking about this earlier, it's sort of like, you know, these kind. it's rare to get a movie that is really just a pure romantic film right. without either being a romantic action movie like speed or right. romancing the stone or whatever or, or it's a, a melodrama or a melodrama or it's a romantic comedy or it's a period romance like right. women like yeah. this movie is just kind of a romance um but it makes you wonder is that enough to sustain a movie like you have to yeah i'm not saying you have to like turn it into one of those genres but there needs to be a bit more conflict at the heart of it or something because even it's like yeah okay I'm, I'm sick of romantic comedies and all of their tropes but my favorite parts of this movie were the parts where i was laughing and the lines that were delivered so well by by lil ray and, and lil ray is greatness and he's so funny and so the parts where they're sort of slinging shit at each other those were my favorite parts and so there has to be something to carry you along from the just long scenes of these two very gorgeous people staring at each other and not necessarily even showing that they're falling in love. They're just staring at each other. And I, there needed to, there, this, there was a lot of premise to this movie, not a lot of plot and they needed more plot. They needed more there, there. And this was a great idea with great actors that just kind of went sad trombone. Yeah, but I think both of us liked it, right? I like, did it's like, like it, a, yeah. It's maybe a good rental if you're just curled up on a rainy day. There's right. lots of good rainy day scenes and you want to watch hot people. Kissing. Yeah, yeah. kissing and beautifully Looking lit shots. Yep. And, yeah. I am not not recommending the movie, yeah. but I would do it with a serious caveat of it is languid. There's not a lot of plot, you know, know what you're getting into. If you want to just go and support this kind of movie that is, you know, not a bang, bang, shoot 'em up and is treating people and characters of color as if they are actual people who can have regular careers and fall in love without having it be some either like weird over the top joke or you know that gee i'm sorry people of color have normal jobs and fall in love that's what happens (laughs) so i want to support that and i like that this movie was just long for what it was and very languidly paced yeah it you know it reminds me the most of any movie of bridges of madison county yeah that's a little of that sort of club book that yeah. didn't quite trans even though it wasn't based on a pre-existing book as far as i know it sort of had that feeling of like this it's missing the interior monologue that a book right. could provide and right. as a movie you're like because yep. <laughs> there there was so much interiority sort of implied Absolutely. in the actors doing their best to give that interiority but you were like we don't know we what's know what there. it is we didn't read yeah. the novel we yeah. don't know because there yeah. was no novel yep. yeah um so Whatever, I'm still happy it's out. Me too. Go and I hope it, it does well. This kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I do think it'll probably do well, especially with you know sort of black moviegoers that are really 
desperate to see this kind of thing on screen. Yeah, some sort of positive um, reinforcement yeah. of people are people, you yeah. guys. And to be fair, the audience at uh, Emeryville applauded at the oh, end yeah. of it. So I think people may have different responses to this movie than, than we did. We are who we are. So. I mean, I applauded too, but just because I was like, you know, okay, good. Good on ya. Yeah. you. You made a positive role model movie for people who need to see themselves in positive ways. And I still support that. And I thought it was well written. I thought it was beautifully shot. Incredibly well acted. Just not a ton of plot. Yeah. And Lakeith Stanfield, you can stare at me all day long. Oh, (laughs) man. And that man can wear a coat? What is it about how he puts on a coat? I don't know what it is. And one more thing I wanted to say about it, especially in regard to his character, there's a very small plot line around and both the plot lines around their friends chelsea peretti is her friend and he's got this sort of his friend is friend. chelsea he's his boss is chelsea peretti oh that's his boss yeah. right i forget right, her right. friend okay. i don't know what the name yeah. is. yeah but... um but there's a whole thing with his co-worker who's intern. an intern yeah. and it just really sort of i thought did a really nice job of showing sort of black sort of male camaraderie yes in, especially absolutely. in a work environment and just how just again, just like lovely and caring and normal and regular, if that can right? be. Right, that was very nice. <laughs> With no like, you know, comedy framework, buddy buddy, sassy pants, Yuck. like just sort of like, hey, this is how people talk. And everybody in this movie just about is successful, and they are all people of color, and it's never made a big deal about. Right. And I loved that to that the point was... where there's a little like, how did you get this apartment? Don't don't there is, think I mean, too much about the, like, yeah. I mean that that's as Amy said, that's all things that are shot in New York. Yeah. But I did like the you know the, the point being that there are lots of successful people of exactly. color that are just successful, and, and that it didn't right. have to be a thing. Yeah, and we don't question these in every other exactly. Like we, it's a I don't know. I always. Yeah, yeah, it's a trope of the genre. Yeah, and <laughs> like, and it's a trope of a shooting anything in New York. Exactly. The, if if there's enough room in the apartment to actually shoot a movie, it's too big to be a realistic <laughs> New York apartment. That's just the way it goes. All of that is true. <laughs> um, anything else you want to add? Nope. Okay. Um, any nixes this week? Anything got your goat? Yeah, I don't like the CBS thing with Edie Falco, procedural with Edie Falco, <laughs> but I don't know that I want to nix it yet. But I don't like it. Okay, pre- you're, you're on the bubble. Pre-nix. Pre-nix. <laughs> CBS. CBS has been on the bubble since time in memoriam, though. So. Oh, actually, you know what? I had a leftover one. Okay. Um, from last week that we didn't get to. It's kind of petty and silly, and maybe I've already yelled at clouds before about this. I'm having a real problem with, like, finding things on streaming services. <laughs> this is a new problem of mine where, basically, I know something's on one of the services because I've read about it. And the general search either doesn't... I have a Roku TV or whatever, and I've had Roku products for a while. I don't know whether it's particularly Roku, but the fact that you can't really search across platforms very effectively, I know you sort of kind of can, but there needs to be an interface that basically... Maybe Apple TV has this. Write in. Tell us if I'm crazy here. But something that at least if you're watching something, there should be a home screen that's like continue watching the thing you were watching no matter what freaking platform it's on. It's Apple TV. Is that Apple TV? Do they do that well? Does Roku need to figure that out? Yeah. Okay. Because my Apple TV, there's just a continue watching and whatever, like the last six or seven shows I've been watching, it no just matter puts what them the up, doesn't matter. And it just opens that up yep. and starts it again. Yep. Yeah. So I'm mixing Roku, apparently. Okay. I generally really like Roku. Um, 
We've I, narrowed it down. I like how not uh, proprietary Roku is in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, their software is very rarely glitchy, I think. But this is a an improvement they could make. Yeah, so, I agree with you. Um, that's all. Apple may be very well keeping it to themselves and not passing it along, which is another problem of Apple. So yeah. maybe they are saying, ha ha, we They've know how to do this sauce. and you can't have it, yeah. neener, neener, give us 30% of your profits. Right. Which... I mean, Roku could certainly figure out how to do it, but I get, I bet they have the money to get people to open the, the applications right. to them. Yes. Right. That, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. 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 All right. All right. If you want to tell us that we are wrong about the photograph, you can do that on Facebook. Just search for the next podcast. You can send us an email. Please send us an email. I checked our email recently. It was a whole bunch of spam from Duolingo, which I don't understand why, because maybe that, I, I don't know. Come on. Um, let's break that out. Oh, that's some actual thoughts. Motion to Nix at gmail.com. You can tweet at us or DM us. Our DMs are open at the next podcast. And I'm at Fanny V. Darling on Twitter. And I'm at Justin Hartung on Twitter. Have a good night. 30.